Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> in our Gospel today, Matthew recounts this beautiful and powerful scene. Jesus cures a leper and then enters into Capernaum, and he is approached by a centurion. The centurion had control over. 100 soldiers, and uh, he was below a tribune in the Roman military. He comes up and asks Jesus for a cure for his servant who was sick at the point of paralysis. And Jesus says, I will come and cure him. The centurion responds with words both profound. in their humility and in their deep faith. He says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come and enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my servants will be healed. And Jesus commends this man's faith and heals the servant with just his word, telling him, go, it has been done as you requested. And the church, in the course of the centuries, as the liturgy developed, saw fit to insert these very words of the centurion into the sacred liturgy immediately prior to the communion rite to express hopefully our interior dispositions that we should have in order to receive the great sacrament of Christ's body and blood, soul and divinity in both faith and humility. We need first of all faith Faith in the real presence of Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. I say faith <clears throat> not only that our Lord is truly present in the Eucharist, but that he is really truly substantially present, present in the substance of his body and blood. Jesus says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. Yes, he's there in spirit, but not in the substance of his very body and blood. Only in the Eucharist is he present in the substance of his complete humanity. And Jesus is really present in that substance, we believe, because we have faith in his word. Jesus says in John's Gospel, chapter 6, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And those words were fulfilled at the Last Supper when he took bread and said, this is my body, this is my blood. And we have faith in the power of Christ's word to effect this great miracle of miracles, changing ordinary bread and wine into the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. And I want to point out, in regard to faith in the Eucharist, that we need a greater faith than even the Magi. We just celebrated the Epiphany a few weeks ago, and, and you know, the, the Magi, the wise men, the kings, they came offering their gifts, gold, frankincense, and were they bowed down in worship and adoration before the Christ child. They could see his humanity. They couldn't see his divinity, and yet they believed he was God. Their gifts showed us their king, gold, and incense.
before God, to burn before God. As our prayers rise up, so does he didn't smoke from the incense. That's what the Psalms tell us. And that bird, somehow they knew that he was going to die for our sins, whereas you anoint the body with after death. Well, we need a greater faith than the Magi. The Magi were at least able to see the humanity of Christ, they couldn't see his divinity. We see neither. All we see is what appears to be still a piece of bread. But we believe that by the power of Christ's word, spoken by the priest at Mass, doing as Jesus commanded his apostles of the Last Supper, do this in memory of me, that this bread of wine is changed. It undergoes a substantial change into Christ's body and blood, his soul, his complete humanity, and his divinity. It is all there in the Eucharist. It even defies our senses. That's why St. Thomas Aquinas is beautiful hymn. Jesus tartus mus tus in te falitur. Seeing, touching, tasting, all these senses fail. Set out ye to solo tutur It is only in hearing that we believe. We've heard Christ say it and believe it because he said it. And we can always deepen our faith in this great mystery. The faith in, in the mystery of the Eucharist has been undermined. Many admit this. Polls show in some years back, two-thirds of people believe it's just a symbol. It's just a symbol of what are we doing here. No, it's not just a symbol. It is Christ's true body and blood. And, and the practices of, of receiving communion and dealing before our Lord and God, receiving on the tongue, um, these help to strengthen our faith and to not do this really undermines the faith. And that receiving communion standing in, in the hand, this all began by disobedience, and we know who inspires disobedience, yes, the evil one, because he's intelligent, supremely intelligent, okay, the devil, he knows that this would undermine the faith, and it has, so we want to show our Lord that respect and reverence that he deserves of this great sacrament. So we need always to deepen our faith, and our faith can always grow in the sacrament, one of the ways we can deepen our faith in the sacrament is that attentiveness we should have at Mass. Our, our actions, our gestures, our, our genuflections, so on and so forth. And to spend time with Jesus in the Eucharist. If you believe our Lord and King God is really present, well, we should try to spend time with Him in prayer. Every Tuesday we have Exposition of the Blessed Sacrament from noon till 5.30. St. Joseph's home has it every day from 8 in the morning until 8 at night. I'll be spending an hour at least with our Lord every week. If not, why not? We can't spend an hour, spare an hour of our time a week. This is how to deepen our faith in the real presence and our love for Christ and the Eucharist. We also need humility. That's the other disposition reflected in the words Lord, I'm not worthy. Who is worthy to receive God on the tongue? None of us. Because we're all sinners. We all helped to crucify our Lord by our sins. Therefore, we are unworthy recipients of this great sacrament. But even though we are unworthy, the Lord in his condescension allows us to receive him as long as we are disposed in a state of grace. And even if we sin seriously, all we need to do is to confess our sins with true sorrow, receive absolution, 
get back into a state of grace in order to receive our Lord once again. And we should always heed the words of St. Paul in 1 Corinthians, who exhorts us, as he was exhorting those Corinthians at his time, before we receive our Lord, examine ourselves. And that's uh, our conscience to determine whether we are worthy to receive our Lord. Because we don't want to receive unworthily. St. Paul says if we do so, we eat and drink condemnation on ourselves. To be worthy recipients of our Lord, we must strive for that holiness to which we are called by Christ. And <clears throat> let us well, as St. Paul says in the epistle today, let us not be conceited, let us not render evil for evil, let us not strive to avenge ourselves. If thy enemy is hungry or thirsty, we shout to him, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Following this exhortation of St. Paul helps to dispose us to be worthy recipients of our Lord, even though we we know in our hearts that we are not worthy to receive him under our roof, under the, the roof of our, our, our bodies, but still our Lord is, is kind enough to offer himself to us in this great sacrament. Let us strive for that deeper faith, that greater humility every time we approach our Lord and Savior, knowing that if we do so, he will reward us as he does with the abundant, infinite graces he offers us in this most blessed sacrament. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.